get a little bit opinionated from time to time and don't seem to be capable of shying away from expressing my opinions and today is no different to any other day in my life where I get a bit mouthy about certain topics. So it got me thinking though about the feelings of discomfort and feelings of second guessing that seem to always accompany the expressing of an opinion whenever I do it. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, you know, where does this come from? Why do I always hesitate? And it might not look like I hesitate, but I absolutely do hesitate before I express an opinion, especially if it's potentially controversial. So if you've missed it on my Instagram and Facebook pages today, I have expressed some fairly strongly worded, maybe, I don't know, um, opinions about the woman at the center of the allegations against the Attorney General. Her name is Catherine Thornton. I feel very strongly that her name deserves to be heard and her voice deserves to be heard. And I expressed why I felt such strong feelings in that post. I came away from, I, I agonized over every word in that post. I agonized over um, what to say, how to say it, and how to respect her, how to give dignity to her story, how to give dignity to all survivors. That's not the purpose of this video though. The purpose of this video is to give you courage to find your voice because no matter what opinion you have, no matter what vocal uh, activities you engage in, it doesn't make you a bad person. I think this is probably at the, the nub of those hesitancies that I certainly still experience if I'm about to put my thoughts and my, my more stronger emotional um, driven, emotionally driven opinions forward. I do stop and think. I do wonder, am I just being, I don't know, emotional if as if that's a bad thing so I think about you know I think about the era I grew up in where children were pretty much expected not always but expected to be fairly much seen and not heard girls in particular were criticized if they were outspoken they were criticized if they showed any kind of leadership potential not so much by my parents or my family but there was this expectation in society that we'd be good girls that we behave ourselves, that we be demure and that we keep our opinions to ourselves. And I've spent a lot of time as an adult learning uh, how to have a voice, learning how to express an opinion, learning how to construct an argument. These are things I had to learn to do. And it didn't really feel like others, blokes, had to learn how to do these things. Maybe they did, I can't tell because I'm not a bloke, so I don't know what it's like to grow up as a bloke and spew your opinions out all over the place, but it just felt so much easier for them. I remember being in high school and there was a girl called Susie who I really, really loved. She had the most raucous laugh and was so lovely, but also very, very popular. And so I, I always sort of sat and, and admired her quietly and, and looked at how confident she was. Uh, in fact, there was even a time where I tried to emulate her laugh. Like I tried to laugh like Susie did, but she, she felt, she seemed to me like she was so confident all the time. 
And years later, you know, I spoke to her about, about that and she was like, oh my God, no, I was shit scared half the time <laughs> and I would just laugh to cover that up. So, you know, for me, it was about observing others. It was looking at people I admired who were outspoken and watching that the sky didn't fall in when they expressed an opinion, seeing that they could actually articulate something they felt strongly about without seeming to look like the world was going to fall in around them if they dared express an opinion. So it took me a long time. I credit my my mother-in-law and my sisters-in-law with when I was much younger, uh, really guiding me in terms of role modeling to me, what, what a strong, opinionated, outspoken woman looks like and watching how that when they expressed their opinions, when they were forthright, when they were outspoken, when they were bossy, if bad things didn't happen to them. And so I would begin to experiment and formulate an opinion and express it. So today I was talking about um, women in particular, the, the same is true of men, who are um, you know, survivors of sexual violence or sexual trauma, uh, being allowed in our society to have a voice and celebrating the courage of those who do find a voice and give give voice to their trauma, but also celebrating the courage of those who choose to keep their, their voice to themselves because that's difficult too when there's trauma in the past. I think it's important for all of us to understand that we have the right to speak with clarity and with dignity when we feel passionately about something, whether it's our own past experiences or our own current experiences, or whether it's about championing the causes of others who have come before us. So I look at Grace Tame, who is a survivor herself and was able to, through persistence and courage, overturn laws in Tasmania that prevented young survivors being able to tell their story publicly, being able to identify themselves publicly. Um, I look at uh, you know women who stand up to the way people, the media, men in power and others speak about them and about the, the um, experiences that they've had, traumatic or otherwise. I look at how women, particularly business owners, uh, are, are treated by others around them. How many times have I spoken to women business owners who still in this day and age are asked for their husband's financial details in order to secure a business loan that their husband has nothing to do with? For example, those things shouldn't be happening, but those questions still get asked of women in business. So yes, I'm a feminist and so should you be. We should all be, men and women together, advocating for each other, looking out for each other, ensuring we all have access to the same opportunities, the same respect, the same dignity, no matter what our background, no matter what experiences we've had, and no matter what we choose to say about that. Now, obviously, that assumes we're coming from a place of respect when we speak and we're coming from a place of um, goodwill when we speak. But we must be allowed to have a voice. As a psychologist, as a mental health professional, there are all sorts of rules around how and what I can say on social media about the work that I do. Obviously, confidentiality uh, for my clients is without question the most fundamental premise of what we do. 
But there is also a lot of fear around being visible as a mental health professional online. I 100%, 150% believe that if we stayed invisible in this age where social media is so important to how we connect as a community, if we as mental health professionals stay invisible, stay behind the four walls of our consulting rooms, how are members in, of our society who are in need of mental health support, how are they ever meant to feel that they could connect with a mental health professional if we are tucked away in this mysterious sort of veiled aura of untouchableness? We can't stay silent in our community, whether it's about politics, whether it's about feminism, whether it's about victims' rights, whether it's about race, whether it's about sexism, no matter what it is. If we don't step up and own our opinions and share our opinions, we don't normalise dissenting voices. And that's what we need to do. We need to live in a society that normalises the right to dissent the right to disagree, the right to share an opinion that is other than the status quo. Naturally, that assumes we are coming from a place of respect for one another and for one another's rights and opportunities. But we must be allowed to do that. So I will probably still hesitate when I, I, I hesitated to do this live stream. I will probably still hesitate when I do post something in a public forum that may be considered a bit controversial or a bit outspoken or a bit difficult woman-ish. But I'm still going to do it, and so should you. If you believe in something, whatever it is, if you believe in it and you're passionate about it and you want to connect with your community on that level, on that topic, you should not be afraid to do so. And those people who do put in comments and whatever, I have to say, actually, I've not had any nasty comments about what I shared today. And if they do come, well, so be it. I'm a big girl. I can cope with that. But my point is we shouldn't let fear of negative comments. We shouldn't let fear of criticism from our peers or our family or our friends stop us from feeling that we have a right to, an expre to express an opinion I think that's really the end of it, isn't it? We shouldn't be afraid to express an opinion. On that note, have a fabulous Friday afternoon. I'll go forth and continue to be controversial in whatever way I choose. And I will see you all another time. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye for now.